Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev, episode number 114. Chris, we just got back from MicroConf, where I met several listeners in person of this podcast, and I felt so famous and so good, except in one conversation <laughs> I had with someone who was, he gave a great compliment sandwich. He was like, hey, love the podcast. As like, if I have a queue of different podcasts to listen to, I always listen to yours first. Uh, this is Aaron Francis, by the way. We, we both, he's a good friend. <laughs> and he was like, but... I need to be honest with you. The cool number fact in the beginning, I skip it every time. <laughs> yeah. And so in response to that feedback, I'd like to give you a cool number fact about the number 114. Excellent. This is for Which you, is Aaron. The, the number the number 114 can is is the smallest positive integer which can be represented as a cubed plus b cubed plus c cubed and i didn't have enough time to figure out what a b and c are but that's that's my fun number effect i don't, I don't small, care about smallest your feedback positive, <laughs> smallest positive integer i'm assuming it's two three and four then is that two three and four no that wouldn't be 114 two cubed oh maybe if it was cubed two cubed plus three cubed plus Close. four we've just lost aaron aaron's skipped <laughs> It's ninety nine. Hold on, two. That's three, not true four. at all. Did you use? Not, did you use no, GPT to make Wikipedia. this fact? Ah, oh, okay. No, maybe I don't care about my number of facts either. Is it? Is it primes? Small cubed primes. Two, three, it's, five. It says one hundred fourteen is the smallest positive energy, which is yet to be represented as a cube plus b cube plus c cube. I don't know. Maybe there's a maybe there's a fake fact on Wikipedia. Okay, I need to vet these more. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's get into it. Because uh, you. Oh, I don't know where to start because uh, like being back at MicroConf, I think at the beginning of it, I was talking with you about it and you know, we met at the airport and, and Ubered together to MicroConf and uh, you were saying that you didn't really know what you wanted to get out of MicroConf because you bought your yeah. ticket last year and didn't really have a, a strong side project you were working on, but it'd be fun to see people. And on the Uber ride back, you had a very different position perspective so I, wh well, where, where would you like to start what would you like to talk sure about? so i have a job now i'll start there right Every, uh, you know that um i bought my ticket before i had a job yes um i've been at my job for six months or so and i'm currently appreciating the uh the lack of responsibility is the wrong word the, the refined or uh, condensed responsibilities when you're when you're doing stuff for yourself you have to worry about lawyers and taxes and contracts and all this junk, right? And right now, I have to worry about like the projects I'm on, um, and all this lawyer and you know financial stuff is someone else's problem. And I have been appreciating that a lot. Um, but while at MicroConf, I mean, I met a bunch of people, and I, you know, I remembered why I like working on that kind of stuff. It's like you know, gr greenfield stuff is very exciting. Even you know, non-greenfield stuff when you're your own boss is very exciting. Mm -hmm. I so I felt a pull to come back to the uh, the the dark side of entrepreneurship. Um, at the same time, I still want, like, when I started Google, I was like, uh, I want to stay here at least a year. Like, that was my goal. I still want to stay there at least a year. Like, I, I don't want to leave necessarily uh, anytime soon. But I under I, I re-remembered, you know, what I like about doing stuff for yourself. You got the itch again. A little bit, yeah. Let's talk about that. What sorts of things are itching at your brain? What what might you Sure. So, uh, it will surprise no one to know that it's AI-related. Um I feel two ways about AI. One, I've been doing it for a, a while and I know a lot and I'm very interested in, in doing it. 
at the same time, I'm seeing a bunch of people on Twitter right now blowing up for AI things that are just... <laughs> How do I put this? Uh, very silly threads that all copy each other <laughs> and are very tech bro-y about it. Yeah. Um, I do not want to do that at all. So um, a few of the things that I've thought about doing are courses again, right? I, I've done very well with courses in the past. I've not done hardly any AI course stuff. So that seems like something I should do. Um, selling courses while at Google is tricky. Free courses, I'm sure I could just put out like people have YouTube channels. Um, uh, it, you can basically work on anything that is not a direct competitor like to, to anything Google's doing. But selling courses about AI stuff when Google is like shifting into this AI direction, uh, I could try to get an exclusion for that, for example. But I could also just, you know, do stuff for free, put blog posts out there and stuff like that. That mm -hmm. seems like a good thing to do. The other one I thought of is some kind of AI newsletter so I could learn about and talk about AI while building this email list. Um, but me and 10,000 other people, right? So uh, there's that problem. Um, and also, do I want to be on a schedule, like a weekly schedule and stuff? Um, and then I had several ideas that is so in general, we can talk about conference takeaways later, but in general, like every other conversation was about AI at this conference, yeah. um, including I have a great quote from Patrick Campbell. He says, we're either obsolete or gods, and I don't know which. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's how I feel, right? Um, so there were several ideas, um, meant like B2B AI ideas, right? So ChatGPT showed what's possible, mm -hmm. and now businesses want to get in on it, but they don't want to give all their data to OpenAI. Uh, that's one thing, right? So like... What can you put together that's an offering for businesses that uses all these very powerful new AI tools that, you know, people are all hyped up about? And I have a few ideas about that. But yeah, so we can dig into any or none of those. But generally, that's sort of the direction I'm thinking. Um, or I wrote on here too, just chill, man. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I mean, the reason I got a job is to not work on stuff for a while. For sure. So uh I don't know. Maybe I'll let the excitement fade a little bit and see what I'm still excited about. I might do that too. So yeah. it's, I, I find myself frequently in this position where I just go to a conference or I, I discover this new technology and all of a sudden I feel like my life is subsumed with enthusiasm for this new thing. And right. uh, frequently it burns off quickly and then I'm left with this graveyard of projects that are, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, let, let's not, let's not discount the, the just chill man option. I, I think a good prioritization framework here might be focusing on who you want to help. Do you yeah. want to help people at businesses? Do you what? Who? If you could try to describe the the person whose life you're trying to make better, who? Uh, what? What can you tell me about that person? So there's two different people that I might be interested to help. One is developers. That's the course, you know, the model, the the technical course model. That's what I've done for a long time. I understand that market. I know it. I like developers. Um, and I feel very good even selling knowledge that took me a long time to acquire and then I can distill down. Like mm -hmm. lots of things about that feel good. Um, so that's that's one audience. The other is, yeah, I mean, I know all this AI stuff. And every time I talk to a business person and I can, or by business person, I mean probably semi-technical, right? And I did this several times at the conference. I've done this several times just with friends and other people. I just feel really good, like being able to help them with business problems. And I'm like, I have all this knowledge. I know exactly what model you should use and how you should do it and blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, that always feels very good. So if I could do that at, at some scale, then that would also feel good. Um, what I don't want to be is one of these AI tech bros. So whatever I do, <laughs> trying to avoid that uh, is my would be a goal.
I don't know that I'm familiar with this AI Tech Pro Twitter thread that you're talking oh, about. What's, what's so, like the stereotypical? Okay. I haven't updated Twitter on my phone for a while, which means I can't switch to the following tab. I only see for you, okay. which means I get there. Every other thing is like a these seven AI tools will change your life. Blah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these there's one just recently. Someone started it and like everyone copied it, which is like, uh, you know, yeah, here's 10 AI tools and it has logos of them and then a thread. And yeah. then it's like, uh, everyone uses ChatGPT wrong. Here's how to use it right. Blah. Yeah. And it's like, maybe one out of 50 of those threads is worthwhile. <laughs> and the rest sure. is garbage. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to do that. That makes sense to me. And I like the focus on developers. That's an audience yeah. we already have, especially through the React stuff. This is uh, something that's come up a, a few times, but doing a uh, machine learning master's degree uh light for react developers at, as a as a course or as a thing i think uh yeah 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 and i heard that at microconf a couple of times someone said uh if you if you show me how to use ruby to do ai instead of python i will pay you right now yeah yeah and so yeah i, I th- the audience is smaller for that but also very hungry yeah people yeah. who want to learn ai but only know ruby or only know javascript have tried python and don't like it yeah, that Something feels like, like a that. good niche, and that's a audience you already have. The second thing that stood out to me is for business people who have some sort of technical something going on. You built a web chat, uh, not not bot, a web chat interface thing uh, yes. for as a as a Slack integration. So the niche that I see you doing well in on that side is if you solved the problem of the uh how to how to use ai like ChatGPT, but without giving open ai all of your information and integrated that with slack we talked about this a little bit on the on the uber ride back but i feel like a big problem in most businesses that use slack is there's all this organizational information that's kind of lost in slack and the slack search is very difficult to use so if there was and you you know all the ins and outs you know how difficult it is to get into the slack app store and what that moat looks like if you could have a Slack bot where you could talk to it and it already knows your organizational knowledge and it imports all your history from Slack. And optionally, it's private. Like, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, and not just Slack, but other documents, like, you know, including documents and and help articles that you've written and all this stuff. And so that it knows everything about your business, right? You can talk to it. Um, Yeah, that's for sure uh, high on my list of candidates. It's also probably exactly the kind of idea I could not work on while still at Google, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, so that's where this exploration comes in. Like, I would, I would like to know, there, there are some gaps still in my knowledge about how these these brand new tools are like, t- you know, a month old, or mm-hmm. they're like they're coming out every day. So that's where some of these, like, maybe I just do blog posts for a while about all these new tools, and that will help me learn all the new stuff and actually understand what's possible. Um, so that's where that that comes in is like, perhaps working towards one of these more business focused AI things in my head while, while, pu- you know, publicly like producing just blog posts about all the new tools. Um, yeah. 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 Being careful working on stuff while you're still working in Google is important. And it sounds like a very safe thing for you to do is just to build an audience, which yeah. sounds great because that's the thing you're supposed to be doing anyway. Right. <laughs> There's this, this forcing function that, that that's what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so it's tricky. If building an audience for sure is good, if I'm going to do courses, mm. 
probably not very helpful for B2B stuff. Um, I've rewatched a few mm. talks where it's basically like building an audience for B2B. Like if you already have an audience, great, use them. Mm. But like building an audience so that you can do B2B is like sort of worthless because mm. the highest value contracts you'll get through your network, which you already have, not an audience, right? But a network yeah. or cold calling or, you know, uh, it, it could be blog posts, you know, but yeah, mm. it, same stuff I was doing with consulting basically like for high dollar B2B contracts. Yeah, that does make sense to me. You could be focused then, I guess, on just having customer conversations and customer interviews and trying to yeah. practice getting in touch with the sort of people who you think would buy this Slack bot and find it valuable and do the deploy empathy mom test style interviews where you're getting a sense of what the problems are that this would solve and get your landing page written in your head and then... Uh, at any point, if you did want to transition into doing this full time, you, you have that, uh, like you have those contacts and you have the the customer interviews and the insights from that to to go off of. Yeah, yeah. I also just just chill, man. I might do that. Yeah, I, just I, I chill. Know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still working on my Kaggle competition. I can update there. I'm in 22nd place cool. out of a thousand. Uh, I need to be in 12th to get a gold. Okay. Oh, that's so within tantalizing. Spitting. I'm within spitting distance. I got 20, 20 days left or something. Okay. Um, this would be the last my... gold you need to get Grandmaster. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Then I can, then I can chill some more. Oh. Uh, I have, <laughs> I have two of my three GPUs chugging away hard on it right now. The uh, third one's playing Stardew Valley. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have a lot of extra room in that GPU since it's only being used for Stardew Valley. Sure. So uh, uh, I'm, go I'm also going to set that up to do something. It can't do quite as hard of work but it can yeah so i'll have all three gpus working on it for the last 20 days um, can can we talk a little bit about the uh like what each computer is doing or is that secret sauce that you don't want out there before the competition is uh models <laughs> models <laughs> okay <laughs> they one of them was so while i was at microconf the entire time one of them was generating images and one mm -hmm. of them was working on a big model that i put together and that's the model that got me up to 20 20th place mm. so um now i can uh i think i'm probably done with generating images like this close to the end i think it's better if i have them all working on models so okay makes sense Mo models <laughs> i was struck on the uber home you were telling me about this that you just had a computer at home just making images yeah and the, the, what i was struck by is how incredible technological development is like a a, a sultan couldn't have made he could not have commissioned as much art as you're just doing remotely which is so cool yeah. you just log in and you say hey make me billions of billions millions no of millions? not billions okay <laughs> not make not make billions. me millions of images and not even like you're not even R remove the s but yes yeah okay <laughs> 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 like, it's, it's amazing i, the, I get the, your point yes yeah. it's so many it's a lot um yeah the the and not even that you're like you're not even asking for the images you're you're having a machine generate prompts and then those prompts turn into images it's like you have you know you're a sultan of many worlds who's commissioned other sultans to commission works of art <laughs> like it's it's incredible uh, i also thought that'd be a super cool slack bot too that just gives you a random image every morning based on like your conversations the previous day or something ah you know? that's fun i don't think i could really charge for it but it'd be neat to make <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's related to the third thing I wanted to talk with you about today. My weird birthdays project. But oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Cool. Um, cool. Okay. Sounds like 
you're not quite sure what to do next. Uh, just chilling is a perfectly valid thing to do. And in the meantime, any sort of audience building, anything that's making sure that you're not stepping on the toes of Google, they're not going to care that you're building an email list or, or talking to people who might yeah, be potential blogs, customers. YouTube channels, that's all. Like People do that. Yeah, so that, Google that, already that's... has the contact information for everyone on earth. So yeah, they they won't <laughs> right. care about that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Cool. That sounds like a pretty good place to leave that then. I'm I think excited so. to see what that turns into. Cool. Yeah. I think the big step is I haven't blogged for like two or three years. Um, I did it while consulting and it always returned good results and not good results like a ton of people saw it necessarily, although some people did. But like getting consulting jobs is way easier once you like have a blog post that exactly talks about their problem as an example. Um, getting. Yeah, it just it, everything was easier when I was producing content. So I need to get back to that. Yeah, cool. I'm excited. Yeah, and, and working at Google, you can't be charging for it. So you probably couldn't do it on Egghead, yeah. but you could definitely be making videos and throwing those up on YouTube. And then I imagine yeah. Google would be even happier with you if you're making content for YouTube. Like, it's, you're doing work for them for free. Hopefully, yeah. As long as I'm not using internal knowledge, which yeah. it, th my job has nothing to do with any of the stuff I'd be blogging about. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I dig it. Yeah. And if that can be somehow directed towards people who might also have Slack, I know a difficulty with the the slack chatbot that you wrote was if you're not like there's there's not easy ways to seo the that system that's um, true so if you have some sort of other outside channel that's finding businesses that use slack and then you could be using that as a channel to send people in to to install the slack app eventually that's true. Um, which i'm i'm not 100 percent tied to a slack app it's just the last thing i did which by the way you'll notice on my list acorn chat was not on there at all uh i've pretty much written it off um, yeah it was an experiment i like the experiment i don't want to run a uh, chatbot forever okay um it'd be neat if i could like sell it but it has almost zero customers it has more than zero but almost zero <laughs> and yeah. so like it's not <laughs> worth anything necessarily if someone wants to make me an offer for acorn chat which is already in the slack app store and has more than zero customers uh and i know the next five things to build on it in rails and react yeah i don't know email me I mean, throw it up on MicroAcquire, right? And then someone I might buy it. It might be it too low. They, <laughs> they, they they put a minimum uh, uh, value or something like like a minimum MRR. I think like they they didn't want okay. people just posting all of their like projects on there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I think it's under that cutoff. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. What do you know? What the minimum cutoff is? Could we like? I don't know. Push a little yeah, bit to, to get there, and then okay. I mean. No, I don't want to. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> Maybe I will in the future. Maybe I'll just keep it. <laughs> like it, it's it's currently paying for the servers, so like yeah, I'll just keep it for a while. Yeah, and then if it crosses that MRO threshold, then yeah, throw it on MicroAcquire. Okay, yeah, yeah, reasonable. Yeah. Cool. How about you? I'm very interested to hear all about your microconf experience. How about me? So, my overall feeling takeaway from microconf is that I just love being around the people who go to microconf it was so nice yeah. just hanging out with friends in person like it was a feeling I, I felt like i have been missing since i graduated college just being around cool people doing cool stuff that i know that i have this history with that i think they're cool and they think i'm cool and it was just delightful like there were so many moments where i was just surrounded by people like i know all about all the people in the circle and 
this person who's a really good friend is talking to this other person who's a really good friend and they're meeting for the first time and oh they're gonna they're gonna love each other <laughs> this is gonna be such a good connection and just like this this warmth and like oh it just felt so good um I, I i feel really good about the time that i've invested in microconf and i had some really cool moments of introducing people to the person they needed to talk to there was a friend of yours who runs a business that has to do with uh selling training uh very very specific training for for a, a certain type of business and uh his business was around uh a million arr and as we were talking i made the connection of oh holy cow i know this guy who i'm really good friends with who like our, our friendship goes back years who has another business that's exactly like yours but he's making 10 million arr like hold on, this is the guy you need to talk to. And so yeah. I, I like found him at microconf and, and made the introduction and gave a summary of like, okay, here's where this guy's business is and here's what he's working on. And uh, the the core of it was, and so like uh, that's that's exactly who you want to talk to if your business is making uh, a millionaire, right? You want to talk to someone who's like a step ahead of you. Um, and the, the most interesting thing that I got from that conversation, it was so interesting just like watching that conversation play out because both these guys were like making so much more money than me. <laughs> it was cool that it was cool that I was able to make that connection and that my intuition was correct of what the 10 million guy would give his advice to the 1 million guy. Because one of the things that came up in the conversation with the 1 million guy was that he's currently getting a 10x return on his Google ads. And I was mm -hmm. like, whoa, that sounds way too high. It sounds like you need to spend a lot more money on Google ads if, if it's that high. Yeah. And when we were talking with a 10 million guy, 10 million guy was saying, yeah, we're getting a dollar 20 uh, for every dollar that we spend in Google ads. So we spend a hundred thousand dollars a month on Google ads. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I, I felt, I felt validated and it also felt really cool to, to make that connection. That, that felt really good. Um, what else? Yeah, it was just, it, it just felt good. I felt good being there. I, I, I'd like to replicate that more in my, in my day-to-day -day life. I feel like if I, if I could somehow have that sort of network and those sorts sorts of interactions, uh, in Dallas, my life would be a lot better. So yeah, uh, Aaron Which, Francis, I think you made a couple of new Dallas connections, right? Yeah, huh. and and like rekindled uh, uh, old ones. Aaron Francis and I have have like known each other and, and been friends for a while, and he lives ten minutes away from me, <laughs> so, and we like don't hang out in Dallas, so. Uh, at microconf i was like hey, what are we doing why, why aren't we doing this so we uh we put on the calendar that uh, i'm gonna drive to his house later today actually and we're gonna go oh, for great. a walk yeah, yeah so cool. yeah. yeah i met four four indianapolis people like wow. i knew about one of them before yeah <laughs> and there were four of them there so that was cool yeah i'd love to have like a mini microconf at in dallas and yeah. it doesn't have to be just microconf people. Like there's other cool people in Dallas. Yeah. I, I want more in-person friends, I think, is, yeah. was my take. That's kind that. of what the locals are doing, the, uh, the microconf local events. Yeah. Um, like there was the one in Austin uh, that I went to when I w visited UT Austin at the same yeah. time. And they've had several of them. And that's sort of the whole point. It's like there are people in your city within driving distance that are doing the same thing. You know, yeah. you should meet up. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of their thesis there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. If anyone knows anyone in Dallas who would be cool to hang out with, I'd, I'd like to be friends with them. Yeah. Um, that, that's also sort of, I think, what we try to do with this podcast. Like, I think I was talking to you after MicroConf 2000, what, I don't know, 18 or something, mm -hmm. just a few times a year. And then we turned it into this podcast sort of for the same reason. Like, it's like, I want to keep the, you know, the meeting people vibes going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep the spirit alive. 
Yeah, right. yeah. Ah, uh, that's another thing I noticed being at this microconf that at previous microconfs, I feel like I got like I was really thirsty for someone mm. to give me feedback on the stuff I was working on. And then it was just kind of overwhelming of like, oh my gosh, of course, this is this is what I need to work on. And I feel like having this podcast and being much more conscious about having regular conversations with friends about business stuff helps relieve that pressure in the interim. So I, I had one ah, like like minor breakthrough uh, for one of my projects, but most of the conversations I was having was just like uh, either meeting new people or talking about just holistically how other people's lives were going and uh, it felt yeah. like felt like that pressure of getting insight into my business and, and what to do next. Uh, I feel like I have good systems of relieving that pressure. Yeah, same for me. Also, because this was my first microconf with the job, and so I was kind of there just hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, I like talking to other people about it, and I like hearing like the fact that every other like nearly every conversation eventually veered towards AI, like. We were probably in a hype cycle, but like this is also something here to stay. So, yeah. um, unlike you know crypto or NFTs or yeah, something, yeah. I think yeah uh, NFTs. Which I feel I, like as soon as I found out about NFTs, I was like, this is an interesting idea, but this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the long run, something like that will, you know, I don't know. We can talk about this a different uh, a crypto focused episode. I don't want to yeah, do yeah. that, but uh, crypto is not going back in the box either. But oh, one one thing that I, I think I said to you while we were there is like the reason crypto is valuable is because other people are using this network and that's why it goes up and down in such huge boom and busts because like a ton of people get interested and it goes this huge boom and like people start losing money and so they all leave the networks and like it's not valuable if everyone leaves yeah. with ai like you can download a lot of these tools now it yeah. will never be worse than they are now like you will always have these abilities that you have now and they're already useful so they will be at least this useful in the future uh, which is different than crypto. Yeah. So that's why I'm more bullish on it. Yeah. And it's just intrinsically useful. Sarah yeah. had this ridiculous deadline that uh, for for one of her graduate level classes yesterday, where she had to read like like uh, more than a dozen academic papers and synthesize mm -hmm. them. And she was like, "This is impossible. I don't know what I'm going to do." And I said, uh, "ChatGPT, dude." So she like, <laughs> and there were these tools that I found that uh, could summarize PDFs. So every paper, I I was like a research assistant. I printed out all the, all the papers and then summarized them and had a cover sheet that was a, a more fleshed out abstract for each of the papers. And then she was able to use. I, I set her up with GPT four also because uh, she she hadn't subscribed to it yet. She was able to say like outline okay this is the point i'm trying to make and these are the papers i'd like to reference write a paragraph about this and it was able to do it in apa formatting and she was able to spit this paper out with time to spare and it's this paper that i think without these sorts of tools would have taken weeks to do and yeah. that's a level of utility that in, in actual real work that crypto and nfts haven't gotten to yet it's interesting that you can send people money in on uh the blockchain and have the centralized store of value but i have yet to see nfts solve a real world problem like that like there aren't you know real estate investors that are saying ah this is so much easier now that we don't have to go through this central government thing yeah. that we can just issue a deed through the blockchain like no that's that's a much harder problem and this is interesting cryptographically and this is really cool but it's not solving a problem in the same tangible way as Sarah was able to write a paper in less than a day and otherwise it would have taken her two weeks and that's work that she needs to do. Yeah. And like for some people, I, 
I'll say that crypto solves some problems for some people extremely well. So global remittance is a huge problem, especially across countries. So um, there are countries that do not, the banks do not play nicely with each other. And the fact that there is now a global way to remit from one country to another is extremely valuable for some people. Uh, but uh, basically the whole world can use, yeah, like summary of, of PDFs. Right. So, you know, that that's the difference. That's the, the order of, you know, orders of magnitude difference. Yeah. yeah, pretty much everyone has to read and write something and this is a tool that just generally helps with that yeah yeah so that's that was that was my overall takeaway from microconf it was really nice and i'd like uh i'd like more friends it was really fun um so i have four main categories of things that i'd like to talk about the versus uh the video clipper which i'm renaming again and yep (laughs) uh insights i got from that the next thing i'd like to ask you about attaboy and then I'd like to talk with you about weird birthdays, like I talked about before, uh, and then a quick update on File Inbox, working with Asia. So first, I'm renaming the video clipper to Repurpose Engine, and I bought the domain names Repurposing Engine, Repurpose Engine, and Repurpose Engine with the E merged together, Yeah, all .coms. And I might also buy the AI.ai, but I'm not sure. And I feel like this is a small pivot into a much better understanding the job that this thing is doing for people it's not clipping videos that's very low level that's like that's like uh selling a a toilet and talking about the uh you know gallons per flush that it does this shout out to april dunford yeah oh fantastic microcom talk uh from last year that i still think about like once a week and the bigger job that I that I'm trying to solve for people is I'm trying to repurpose their content. They got some sort of content. I'm and they're they they have in their mind that they want to repurpose it. They want to grow on on other social platforms. I feel like this this much better reflects that. And I had a small insight talking with uh, Colleen. I'm, <laughs> Colleen and Aaron have a startup together. <laughs> I feel like they're the they're one of the only people I'm talking about from Microsoft. There are other people there too. But in the in the conversation I had with Colleen, she expressed surprise that i wasn't focusing on podcasters because she's a podcaster Mm -hmm. uh specifically for audio podcasts and she was saying how she wanted to repurpose that audio content into audiograms and they just never got around to it because it was hard and then i started thinking oh my god how easy is it to find podcasts and find podcasters it's all rss feeds it's all public yeah so i that night went through the iTunes API and just saw, okay, what would it take to just scrape every podcast? Can I do that? And it's not quite that straightforward. You have to do searches of like by category and limits and pagination, but I could totally do it. I could totally set up a machine that would scrape every single podcast. And then I would I would have a list of every podcast. I think unless, you know, they might have some limit of the number of requests per day or something. It might, it might take time. But in the process of doing that, I found this site that's a marketing platform for finding podcasts. So it lets you search for things like number of listeners, which is really difficult to figure out just from the public uh, uh, APIs. I don't know how they're figured that out. And the genre of the podcast, which is something you can already already get from iTunes. And uh, uh, they've also already figured out contact emails for each of the podcasts, which I thought was in the public feed, but I guess it's not. Uh, I'm, I'm no yeah okay it's usually like on the website so you have to scrape that yeah, yeah so they, they've already scraped it that site's called refonic and it's like 50 or 100 dollars a month or something and you get a, a certain number of things but uh i i i would love to have some sort of pipeline just for audio podcasts 
that's checking if they have a YouTube channel uh, of the same name. And then uh, here, here's my dream. I want to I wanna be like cold emailing some number of podcasters a day. And the email I want to send to them is, hey, are you interested in repurposing your content for other social media? Uh, here's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Uh, your most recent episode was blank. And here's a bunch of TikToks that you could publish uh, that you can download right now. And here's a bunch of tweets and here's a bunch of whatever, like I'm, I've already done it for them. And they see a preview of it in the email and they click it and they can download it from the website. Uh, but before they can download it, they need to sign up for an account. And then the one they download is going to be watermarked and oh, a bird just landed outside. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> it's got like a cool yellow tail. I've never seen a bird like that before. What is that? Is that a cardinal? Huh. Is this your squir squirrel moment? I think so. Oh, it just picked up. Oh man, that must be a fruit tree outside. It's like, sorry. <laughs> what was I talking about? Um, so <laughs> yesterday, yesterday I had two bunnies outside my thing and an owl came and I was like, oh Whoa. man, this is going to be good. And then they just all left. Okay. But, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I did some nature just happened outside. It was really cool. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, uh, they sign up for an account. They can download a watermarked version of the clips. And if they want an unwatermarked version, they need to sign up for a free trial, uh, mm -hmm. and then and then I can get into free trial stuff. I'm, I'm, uh, there's stuff I want to talk with you about that. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on that? Okay, several thoughts in a row. Uh, one, I think this renaming is great because it's a kind of small pivot that came from talking to people, mm -hmm. which is perfect. Like this, exactly like when you talk to people, they were like, "I want to repurpose my content," and you're like, "How about clipping videos?" <laughs> and uh, so I, I think this is a great great naming pivot for that reason um i also think uh so with a name like repurpose engine you can also very easily have like multiple landing pages like do you have a video podcast do you have you know 10 hours of conference talks do you have whatever mm -hmm. like so i think uh targeting people with multiple landing pages is a great idea if that was your idea um it wasn't but that's a good idea okay uh, and, and then comes the, the last thing, which is I, everything you just laid out, I think is great with the with cold contacting and, and here's, you know, what you can do and everything. But I think you're like two steps behind that right now, which is right now you want to make sure it works for these people. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way to get the best feedback is to start with like someone like Colleen who has a podcast and wants to repurpose content mm -hmm. and like make it so it works for her mm -hmm. and then say, and this is the key, uh, because podcasters always go on each other's podcasts, say, you know, what are three or four other podcasts you've been on? And can you send me a warm email introduction to the mm. host? Because warm email introductions, in my experience, have like a 90% response rate. Mm -hmm. Cold email has like 0.1% or something, you know, like mm. something crazy low. Um, so I would go for as many warm email intros as you can first. Okay. Um, until you really understand exactly what they want, exactly what they're going to respond to and have objections about. And then go with your cold email because then you can make it, you know, 10 times as effective. I like um, that. So that's what I would do. That's reaffirming also. Here, here's something I've been struggling with. I know that my natural inclination is to just work on the product and never talk to anyone. Right. And so I've been purposefully constraining myself to just do marketing things for like the last three, four weeks. And I feel like I don't yet have a healthy habit of the rhythm of marketing versus product. And I'm yeah. not at product market fit yet. Like I yeah. don't yet have a product that I'm using for our podcast to to yeah, be maybe get there clips. first, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what part of me wants to do is just hunker down, 
code this thing for the next two weeks, make a thing that I know works for me with this new insight that I've gained from talking to people. I know that like uh, uh, Alex Ormezi style captions are, are the hot thing. That's that's the best sort of captions you can have for these things. So why not uh, not talk to anyone? <laughs> and, and so just uh, code, like get to product market fit for me and then reach out to Colleen and be like, yeah. hey, how about this thing? Does it solve your problem? And a handful of other people who like I am already in contact with who yeah, uh, like uh, you know, I I don't I don't yet have a thing that that people can actually use to be making clips yet, and I'd like to get there, but I also don't want to yeah. get stuck in that. And then two months later, I'm like, I built this thing and I've gone off in this direction that no one wants. Yes, I don't know what that balance is yet. Yeah, so normally I would say just talk to people, but you have talked to a few people, yeah. and you want to use it for yourself. So I, I'm giving you permission to work on the product. Oh, <laughs> uh, however, however, as yeah. long as you put a date on the calendar yes. and you say. By this date, I will have these features okay. or a reason why those features are too complicated or whatever. Okay. And I'm going to stop development and start marketing for even just a day, right? Yeah. Like after this, I'm going to show these features to someone who's not me. Yes. And get and get feedback. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the, the TikTok development we talked about. Like as long as you have, you know, you don't go for two months, you have a date where you're going to stop. Yeah. And switch back. I think, yeah, I think that's fine. That's that fine. sounds good because I think that's also going to prevent me from, like, if I if I write down ahead of time, these are the features I'm going for. This is what I need yeah. to get product market fit for myself and for the people that I know of right now. That's going to prevent me from falling down this rabbit hole of, uh, man, there's just, there's an infinite number of things to work on, right? And there's, yeah. uh, every, every everything I work on, I realize there's 10 more things I could work on that would make it even better. So if I'm constraining myself to like, okay, no, this is a thing where you, you paste in your YouTube channel URL or a YouTube video. And then it makes media for you that you can publish on different social networks. And it's in the Alex Ramsey style for the TikTok one. And then you can download it. And that's it. That's I need to get I need to get a thing that makes that. And that's not that hard. Like I, I have all the pieces. It just needs to be connected in the right way. Yep. And then that's okay. Once I get there. I reevaluate, I, I do another round of marketing. Having that yeah. constraint to myself, I feel like that's going to prevent me from falling in that rabbit hole of like, ah, but what if it, it could also exactly. insert dynamically images from uh, generated yep. with mid-journey? Yeah. yeah. And actually put a date on your calendar or in your phone alarms or something because I know myself, I would be like, oh, I'm, a, I'm very close to this other thing. Yeah. Uh, but if you actually have a date that you can't move, um, that's yeah. how I would do it. Okay. Okay, good. Okay, cool. I'm going to do that. And you know what I can do at the same time is uh, I have this I have this round of cold emails that I sent to the people from uh, the, the marketing conference I went to. Would that be warm emails if I'm saying that like we went to the same conference together, but we didn't talk and I'd like to chat with you about your YouTube channel that you had in your profile? No, that'd be a cold email. Okay. Yeah. I got a really good, a, I've gotten a really good response a, rate from that. Like that'd be a luke a lukewarm email a i lukewarm guess email. yeah okay <laughs> if if you know people who they might know yeah. but you warm email is uh i talked to this person who knows you yeah that's a warm email okay if you if it's i went to this conference and we may have talked to the same people yeah i was i would call that lukewarm okay i've yeah. gotten better than better than cold for sure okay but, yeah, i've gotten lukewarm. a surprising response rate from the lukewarm emails i've had like okay. yeah three people out of the Oh, I think I emailed like 15 and each one of them, I like okay. wrote the email for him. And this was, yeah. what I did was went through everyone from the conference who had a YouTube channel listed. And then I yeah. went through and validated, like, do you have the type of YouTube channel that would be good for this? 
And if yeah. they did, then I wrote like a custom email for them yeah. referencing their content. And it was, it was sort of formulaic, like not the same sort of intro and outro, but uh, also for each of those three that responded, I would make sure you end the call with uh, who else went to this conference, you know, who has a YouTube channel yeah. and could you uh, do an email introduction? Well, I should clarify two of those people were like, uh, no, thanks, <laughs> but I appreciate it. And then one of them is booked a call. So uh, <laughs> you, you could still ask if they say no, thanks. You could say, oh, okay, great. Thanks. Uh, do you know anyone else who went to the conference who might be interested? Yeah, you could still yeah, say yeah. that. And they'll probably say no, but maybe you get a warm email from that. Yeah, but, yeah. Know. That's uh, I was able to do that with someone who I met in person at the conference. I, I was able to get a, a really good contact from her who she said was a, a person in her mastermind who is also working on the same sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that feels really good. So like. Uh, I, I say all this to say I have this engine of now like I can take this list of emails that I've sent the first email to and I can just hand that off to Rachel and say hey follow up with these people once a week until mm -hmm. they say no and then I can forget about it and just focus on marketing and then ideally what I would love is just I have calls pop up on my calendar of people who want to talk to me about this and intermixed with building features i can i can regain those touch points of okay remember this is the person you're trying to help like what are you working on right now you're deep in this rabbit right. hole of like uh you know <laughs> making an automatic image generator or something let's let's try to validate is this yeah. actually something they want or do i do i not need that uh like getting keeping in in daily contact with the people you're helping i think is super important in this and there was a microcon talk about that uh someone who was outlining the different projects he's worked on. I forgot his name, but uh, he was talking about like one of the differentiating factors in successful startups is are you talking to your customers daily? Um, and I, I aspire yeah, to be yeah. able to do that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Cool. All right. Yeah, I think that's good. Yep. That feels clear. I also this last week in, in the wake of MicroConf, oh, not even this last week, like in the last few days, I totally redid the homepage. I oh. copied one of the Tailwind templates of like the SaaS marketing pages. Looks really good. And I think only people that know about Tailwind would know that I just copied the templates. So yeah. That's probably fine. I, I saw, not going to lie, I, I haven't looked at the Tailwind templates, but I saw your like underline thing and I was like, I think I've seen that underline thing before. Yeah. Yes, I have. <laughs> Maybe I'll get rid of the underline <laughs> but, thing and, and do my No, 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 no. Okay. No one will know. Okay. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you weren't sure, like I would, uh, yeah, no one's going to know. So I'll, I'll just keep the template. Uh, yeah. But it looks really good, and I I feel like I'm getting I I haven't validated this validated this yet, but I feel like I'm I'm getting much better at tuning into how my customers are describing this problem. So I found yeah. like writing the copy for this easier than writing the copy for almost anything else that I've done. Um, like the headline and the and the subheadline, especially after watching uh, Leanna Patch's uh, uh, workshop of like doing teardowns for for homepages, I felt like I. I, I feel like this is pretty good. Uh, cool. Yeah. So that, that felt good. Does it have, I haven't looked at it yet. Does it have testimonials from anyone? I have a testimonial section that I copied from the, the template, but I I think I have a single so testimonial what? for someone who's used it. Um, okay. The, the difficulty I have is like, I don't feel like the product's done. So what are they, what are they say, testifying about? So one sort of hack that I just thought of is, uh, to force you to talk to customers is yeah, make it good enough until three people tell you it's great and then yeah. put those as testimonials. You know? Ah, yeah, so, that's good. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be your trigger to know when you can start selling it to other people. Yeah, when yeah. like three people tell you like it's great and you can use my avatar and this quote. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's good. The testimonial I have, I think the guy 
well, of course, the guy's not using it because there's nothing really usable in it. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else on repurpose engine before we move to the next thing? No. Okay. Something I just noticed is it was really hard for me to shift from Clipstar Marketing to the video clipper. Like I had to keep reminding myself that it wasn't mm. called Clipstar Marketing. And it has felt really easy in this conversation that the new name is repurpose engine. It just feels like a, a better fit. I'm, I'm curious cool. about that. Yeah. Uh, okay, the next thing I would like to talk about is Attaboy. I think the main question I have for you is, the, the last place we left this was, uh, just let it sit, just like see if mm. people keep using it and then reevaluate from there. And it's been a few weeks and I, I have like almost 1,500 messages sent on this thing and something like 230 individual people that have messaged it. And I'm curious what the point is where I would take it to the next step of like adding pricing and adding limits on the number of messages people are sending and adding GPT-4 and there's a whole bunch of other stuff I can be doing like reminders as messages and yeah. uh, uh, I could do image generation and I could do like uh, it's, uh, like like uh, oh what's it called uh, uh, retrospectives of hey remember here's all these great things that you did this last week um also voice uh, like text to speech this is something you could potentially be talking to and then I can transcribe that and it's like you're having this uh, asynchronous audio conversation with this AI and this is a side project I don't I don't want it to be like taking up too much of my time but it's also really fun and really rewarding to work on and I don't know when would be a good time to uh, invest more in it like what what would you be looking for in the usage data that would tell you that it's time to uh, start charging for it. I would be looking at people who have used it for multiple weeks every single day. Okay. Power users. That's when you know you can charge for something. Or people contacting you with feature requests. Um, also, generally, I would I currently see Attaboy as sort of a B2C sort yeah. of play, consumer thing. Yeah. Which sounds like it's the kind of thing where you need to raise a lot of money and go after, you know, trying to get a million people to use it so that 10,000 would pay you or right. something. That's my general feeling. Um, to get over that feeling, I would want to see conversations that you have with actual people who say, no, I want to spend money to fix that and enough of them to make it worth your while. Um, that's Those are things I would want to see. Okay. I like... I like focusing on uh, how many people are using this consistently over a number of weeks as opposed to just like trying it out, kicking the tires and then they forget about it. Yeah. I can, I can answer that pretty easily. I think from the data I have, um, one of the problems I feel like with this is that the product is too good. Cause it's like, it's just a shell around uh GBT four. Right. So yeah, uh, the, the, it's, it's kind of done. <laughs> like it, it does the thing it's supposed to be doing. So yeah. if I was going to charge for it, I feel like, like the the selling point I mean, of ah, oh, you can be using GPT four with this, or you can customize the prompt. Like no one's really uh, feeling the pain of that. That it, it's doing the thing that it's supposed to be doing. So for me to charge for it, I feel like I would have to impose some sort of arbitrary limit of I got to withhold that you can't send a certain number of messages or something. Yeah, so it's not arbitrary because each message costs you costs you money. Yeah, like yeah. So I rewatched the uh, J great Jason Cohen talk about building a bootstrap business, and he's like. If servers have to run and amps have to move around and stuff like you can charge money like there's no question yeah. that text messages messages cost you money so you can charge just for that okay um 
So I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. If you see people consistently using it and you're like, you know, these cost me money. So, you know, why don't you pay 10 bucks a month? Yeah. Like people understand that. Okay. Okay. I, I came up with a really good, uh, two really good price anchoring ideas on my walk over here. Uh, the first was that I can anchor it against the price of a therapist that like, sure. <laughs> the, you know, a therapist charge you $160 an hour and this is only whatever, some fraction of that. And yeah. also that this gives you access to, to GPT-4, which is a, I think $30 a month value or something if you, if you buy it yeah. straight from OpenAI. I think people won't know or care about that yet. Okay. That's my guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably right. The, the other, the other thing I can see, oh, this is an anchoring, but like if it just remembered your conversations and like, like you said, uh, remind me later, like that's a big one. Yeah. You know, so stuff like that. I do think there are features, you, you know, but it's, it's less clear to me how you're going to make, you know, a reasonable amount of money from it. Uh, if you don't yeah. reach, you know, a million people. Yeah. That makes sense. As a consumer, just sort of intuitively, how might you want to pay for this? I could do a subscription that's like 5 to $15 a month that includes a certain amount of messages. I could do message packs where you buy credits for each message. And, uh, you know, uh, 100 messages is something like, uh, I don't know, 30 or $40. Um, and then I can augment based on that. Like, what, what, what might you pay for? So... Uh, it's sort of a non-answer, but I wouldn't pay for it. Fair. So I'm not your customer. Yeah. So ask your customers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I think the people to focus on are people who are like using it a little bit every day. I think that's my ideal customer. I have some people who just like manically send it 30 messages over the course of a couple hours and I, and then might sporadically talk to it a little bit I, after that. I know. I know how you do it. Uh, it's a text message app right now. Make it an iOS app. iOS has monthly fees do a $9 per month monthly iOS thing, single click in the iOS app. Uh, and then you can do push notifications instead of texts, which are a hundred times cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. Okay. I had the thought, ah, building an iOS app would be hard, but not if I use ChatGPT no. to do it for me. <laughs> use React Native, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Your interface, I could do in a couple days. Yeah. Like, yeah, React Native a, would take you a week to learn and then two days to build it. Yeah, just a chat interface. Okay. And then is the texting... I guess the texting part of it, like that's the easiest way I could possibly onboard. But maybe the texting part of it is just the the top of the funnel to then get people to install the app. Yeah, if the app is free, yeah, uh, you will get 250 people sign up a day okay. through the app store. Is my guess. I haven't been in the app store for a while, so I for I don't know. Okay, <laughs> but free apps get downloaded like crazy. Okay, especially so. because I, I already have this funnel. Like I'm getting a trickle of new users in. I'm not doing any advertising anymore, but like I know that Reddit's oh, cool. a really good channel. Once I start making money, like I'm, if I can figure out how to make this make money, I can just be pumping money into Reddit yeah. and and getting new users. Um, yeah. I iOS app with single quick single click monthly subscribe. Okay, yep, that's interesting. Okay, do I have that's to? I'm, I'm I lose thirty uh, percent of that to the to the app store then, right? I don't like that. Uh, you don't have to pay for text messages. I don't have to pay for text messages. That's true. I kind of like owning the it. process. Like, if I'm doing it through Stripe, I, I get to keep all that money. I, I understand you do, but you will get <laughs> you will get fifty percent less signups, or or less. You know, interesting. The the the, 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 the friction 
the, the lack of friction on the iOS store is worth 70%, 90%. Like, it's crazy. I hear that. And also, here's the friction. If I if I keep it as a text message app, they have some interaction where it says, like, whatever, you, you reach the limit of messages or, or the thing you just tried to do, you have to have a paid account for. They tap a link that was sent in that text message, get sent to a login screen where their phone number is already pre-filled in and they just need to say, send me a login code. They get a text message from a different phone number because this is coming through Firebase with the login code. And if they're on iOS, and I think also Android, it it like suggests to auto-populate the text message that they just, re- just received in that code field. So they've so far they've uh, clicked on a link, clicked a button to send them a code, pasted that code in, clicked login. And now they're on the Stripe checkout page, which if they've used Stripe checkout before, uh, I think can also pre-fill stuff or, or like it can pre-fill stuff based on their phone number. Uh, and now they're paying me money. And there's an Apple Pay button on that page. They can tap the, the Apple Pay thing and it, and it uses Apple Pay instead. Uh, the, the iOS flow is tap this button, hold it up to your face, and then you've paid. Yeah, that, yeah, That's you will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I hadn't considered a native app. That's very interesting. I hadn't either until five minutes ago. <laughs> so it, it may also be a terrible idea. <laughs> the, all, all of my things may also be a terrible <laughs> idea. But uh, I suspect if you want to get to profitability fastest, yeah. that's your fastest. Wait, the cost that. would be a lot cheaper. Sending every message that I send and receive is, is a penny through Twilio. And that's yeah. that's killing me. I mean, it's like, oh. I mean, you have to sign up for a push message thing, but I think it's like a, a hundredth of a penny. Here's something I'm messages. curious about. This is, I, ha- I don't have a ton of direct customer interactions, but of the customer yeah. interactions I've had so far, a lot of people have said how real this feels because it's happening hmm. in the same app where they talk to other people. So it's... Yes, that that's valid. Yeah. Yeah. And if they went to a special app, like there's there's a lot of other apps that are doing this as a uh, as a mobile app. Um, totally valid. Yeah. yeah I, I want to chew on That's this. Maybe a terrible idea. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think not, not for now. And I, I, I like everything else you said about look for people who are that, using that's it. That's the other thing is if, if I was going to say do this or repurpose engine, work on repurpose engine. That's what absolutely. I yes. That's yes. So <laughs> this is yeah. so much more fun though. There's cutting edge AI. <laughs> There's AI stuff in, in repurpose engine too though. There's something there about my brain where I always want to work on like my second most something important else. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just more fun. What you need is Attaboy to say, you worked on Repurpose Engine today. Great job. <laughs> yes. What that I, was great. What I need is to... Uh, building generator, g- generational wealth. Yes. Good job. <laughs> what I need is for uh, just to mentally categorize file inbox. It's the thing that I should be working on. And then all of a sudden, Repurpose Engine is going to be like a blast to work on because oh, I'm not working on file inbox. <laughs> I'm That's doing right. it. We haven't want to be doing it. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of file inbox, quick update on that. My consulting thing that's going to be about a month long starts with Asia tomorrow. Right. Uh, Asia Asia Orangio, I think is her last name. Uh, she told me how to pronounce it once and it's been a long time since we had that conversation, but I, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. And uh, I'm excited about that. I'm mentally categorizing it. It's just like she's going to be the CEO of File Box for a while and I'm just going to do what she tells me to do. And that feels so easy. She's going to tell me your landing page sucks and I'm going to be like, yes, I know. And she's going to be like, redo it before our next call. And I'm going to be like, yes, ma'am. And then I'm going to do it and it's it's like if I don't like it in the middle of it, I can just think, ah, 
Asia's mean <laughs> and then keep <laughs> doing right. it and then say, ah, she's, she's not right. This isn't going to do anything. And that's so different for me from what I tend to do, which is because I'm, I'm setting the direction and I'm, I'm, I'm doing like the CEO work of setting the direction. I'm doing the manager work of turn that direction into a set of concrete steps. And then I'm doing the worker work of actually doing the work. That's, I, I get so much in my head as the worker in that process because I'll think like, ah, yeah. oh, is this actually the thing I should be doing? Wouldn't it be better to do this other thing? And if Asia is just telling me what to do, I I just turn my brain off and I just do the work. And yeah, I'm excited for, for what that's going to turn into. Uh, she could just honestly look at my to-do list and pick a random thing from it and be like, you should do this. And I'll be like, but what about all this? I should be like, no, 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 just do this. And then I'll do it. Yeah. And I'll get so much more done and move the business forward so much. Yeah. So that's that's where that is. Uh, any any thoughts on Final Box? Just that I'm very excited to see how this turns out. Uh, also, I, I feel like, I mean, you care less about Final Box now that you have repurpose engine. Yeah. And so this is absolutely the right time for someone to come in and say, do this. And you'll be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this goes. So am I. Yeah. I feel like it could, uh, it, it has felt for the last eight years, like I'm just so close to, to unlocking something that then it just it just starts growing, and there's no reason why. Okay. Like this, this on its own, I feel like it'd be making 20k Mirar. I feel like there's not a good reason why it couldn't do that. There's just yeah. oh, there's there's something there that I'm. It's still a little hazy, and I have emotional hangups about the business and insecurities around it, and guilt that I haven't already done things. And yeah, it, it, situations like this where I could just shut my brain off and just do stuff. I feel like that's exactly where I want Fire Box to be, um, and then sell it. For like, if it's making twenty gamer R, I could sell it for a lot more than I could sell it now. I'm making like four and a half gamer R. Uh, that would feel really good. Okay, last thing I wanted to talk about. I had this breakthrough recently with this project I haven't talked about for a long time, which is uh, weird birthdays. Which is this idea that I can be sending people birthday cards on birthdays that aren't their birthday. Like, all the different planets have their own orbital periods around the sun, so. If you were born on Mars, you would have a birthday something like every every six Earth months or something like that. Is that right? Don't quote me on that. Every I think it's, every, I think it's go ahead. Do I you thought know? it was the other way around. I thought it was like every two years or something. But yeah, Sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars. Yeah, because Mars is further out, so it should take longer. Okay, maybe yeah. like the the inner planets, uh, Mercury and Venus. Like you, know, you have more frequent birthdays, and then the the uh, further planets out. Uh, Saturn, Jupiter, uh, you you have you're much younger than you would be on Earth. Uh, like you've lived the same number of seconds, but on on their planets you lived uh, fewer years. And also things like you know you're you're uh, ten thousand days old, or you're the same age Britney Spears was when she released "Hit Me Baby One More Time." Those sorts of things that you know yeah, you, it like normally just be a, a typical Tuesday. But if I send you a card, it's like, hey, did you know you're yeah. you're turning ten on on Saturn today? <laughs> like. Uh, that, you are the number the of seconds as all the Twinkies produced currently thus far. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, so I, I had a breakthrough recently where I realized uh, Mid Journey could take an image as a prompt, and then you can yeah. it, it can extract the facial features of the person in the image, and then you can uh, make a, an image from that. So I was playing around with that this morning, and it made some really good stuff. I, I was previously planning on working with a, a artist with this, and came up with this whole model of like, oh, I got a multiple artists on this and they could be getting a commission. And now that now that I've seen what Mid Journey can do and that it can customize images 
for the person you're trying to send the card to like uh i think that's that's the product eventually I, I would love for this to be something where if you want to send a person a card you upload a picture of them and you tell me what their birthday is and then i'll tell you here are potential cards you could send them for the next month they're the same age george washington was when he crossed the the uh river what river was that delaware, delaware. the delaware river um or and they're this age on this planet and uh whatever and then you pick one of those and then i generate a card for you and then i say would you like to download this and send it as an e-card or would you like to pay a little bit more and send it as a physical card and you can type in the address uh yeah again this is fun small side project but i'm still curious to hear your thoughts i think uh if i heard you right th- this is the addition of using their face in the cards is that right yeah so each one is personalized yep. that is an amazing addition um that is the type of thing where you could say uh uh send me a link to their facebook page or whatever and on their birthday this year plus 10 times over the next year for these weird birthdays they will automatically be sent a card by you for i don't know 39 bucks mm. or something um that's great that 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 that, that makes fantastic uh, fantastic unique gift if it uses their face that's i think that's the key yeah that's the the ticket i'm very excited i like doing it in packs that's a cool idea yeah it's like for the, the rest of this whole year it's, it's like you know you can buy some of the jelly of the month club or something yeah, yeah. you know it's like you know they, they will be sent 12 cards uh you, you can even tell them for these birth you know for these birthdays on yeah. these dates uh, over the next year yeah. you get to pick months. you get to type in a sure. message for each one if you want to and I've I've pre-filled in a message for you from uh, uh, ChatGPT. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I also, super cool. something I've been struck by is uh, I, I bought these. Uh, I think they're called tiles from a company called Tile. Recently, you you upload a bunch of photos, and they print out the photos on this uh, not cardstock. It's it's uh, like foam yeah, there's cord a few of those thing. It's like a foam board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but their yeah. marketing game after I ordered these is so good. There, there was a conversation I was having with someone where I was talking about these things and I couldn't remember the name of the company. And I was like, hold on, let me let me look up in my email and see if I can find it. And on my phone, they had just sent me 10 minutes before a text message promotion that was like, hey, there's whatever holiday coming up, birthday or something. Here's a 20% off coupon for uh, this thing. Like they are relentless on yeah. text messaging and on emails. And I don't hate it for some reason because in the back of my mind, I'm just constantly thinking like, oh, that would be kind of nice to get more things where like, oh, it would be nice to have a, a bigger yeah. version of this. Um, if it's extremely personalized and well done, then yeah. If it's done poorly, then you're like, ah, unsubscribe. Right. But well done is good. This is also uh, the exact type of thing where you could like build a tech and then find someone you trust who's some marketer who's extremely interested in B2C stuff yeah. and be like, I'll give you half the profits. Yeah, yeah. Just sell this thing. Yeah. Uh, put it everywhere. Do Facebook ads, you know, with like one click send to this friend. Uh, uh, yeah, I see a ton of potential for that. I know marketers now too through my customer research for uh, yeah. repurposing. Find one who wants to do a side hustle. Just be, I'll, I'll give you fifty percent of the profit. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you do. Yeah, that's good. That's the play. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I could also send people such personalized content too because I would know. Yeah. I would know all the people they had previously bought cards for and their birthdays and through my own secret sauce of <laughs> calculating the orbital uh, period of each planet, I would know like, right. I would know when those people had something coming up. So I'd be able yeah, to, so I'd be able to send the customer periodic emails and text messages and whatever else saying, Hey, 
this person's whatever date is coming up uh, next week, giving you enough time to buy the card now, but there's still a little pressure. Yep. Like we got to order this early if they, if they want to get it on this day. Um, here's a discount. You yeah. know, if, if you order now, you get 10% off or something. My guess is you get power users who like give this to all of their friends for all of their birthdays. Mm. That that would for sure happen. Yeah. So market to them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Another B2C thing that don't just don't get distracted from repurposing. Of course. But of course that's not. extremely exciting. Yes. That, that's a really neat idea. <laughs> yeah. Something. Oh, this is a small tangent. How are we doing on time? We're a little over. Are, uh, are you okay I, on time? I have I have nine minutes before I have to pick up my kids. Okay. So before before I have to leave to pick up my kids. Very quickly. I am so confused by mid-journey running as a discord app i've had this conversation on twitter i've had it in person i don't get it it's so much worse than if it was an api and a web app it it confuses me so much i don't think i'd thinking through it i don't i don't think i'd be able to use it for this because there's no i'd have to figure out how to like have api integration with sending messages on discord and i don't know how to do that so So, so two things i'll set up a service and and charge you for every image generated uh because i know how to do that now do you really in the stable I've done Stable Diffusion for this Kaggle competition. That's exactly what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah. Stable Diffusion is not Midjourney. Midjourney uses Stable Diffusion and other things. Midjourney uses Stable Diffusion and other things. But yes, oh, they have secret sauce on top of Stable Diffusion. Interesting. But yes, and Stable Diffusion is just yep. like that model's public. You can just yep. download that. Oh, yeah. Interesting. They, they have. I won't downplay the extra stuff they've put into Midjourney. The Midjourney models, okay. like they, they have used the techniques they've used are basically open, but the work that they've put into making those models produce really good artistic content yeah. is fantastic. Um, there are other open source people now trying to replicate that with Stable Diffusion, yeah. and they can sort of get there. Midjourney is still better, uh, but it is on this weird Discord UI, which is a little strange. Do you know um, if... The, the the specific feature I would need from Stable Diffusion is importing an image. So on, on yep. Midjourney, I'm able to just say, like, imagine, and then I paste in the URL and then give it the rest of the prompt. Can I do that on Stable Diffusion? Oh, great! With just the URL, or I have to like download the URL and import it as a as a something else. Yeah, I mean, you got to set you got to write code to do it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you make it sound so easy. Oh, oh, I just I just write code to do it. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> it is technically possible and, and really not that hard once you get it set up. Yeah, it's just like coding any other. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I might want your help with that if I can't find another way to do it. Cool. Uh, uh, officially, I will write no code for it. Of course, but you might talk with as me. far as google is concerned yeah <laughs> cool uh yeah but you can totally do that with open source tools okay it won't be quite as good but it will be pretty good okay okay yeah yeah and then it's just a bunch of prompt engineering of yeah i, I sent two of these cards this morning and came up with a pretty good model of like a prompt that gets a pretty good result um yeah and it still kind of needs a human to pick a good one but i think the customer buying it can just do that they can just click on the one that they like the best and yeah, um, this is where some of the mid-journey stuff comes back because what one of the techniques they have used is the same as actually ChatGPT has used, which is uh, uh, reinforcement learning with human feedback. Okay. So say you do this for 100 different people and you pick what uh, the best images are, mm-hmm. then you can retrain the models saying these are the ones I picked. Out of these four, these are the best, or you know, this is the best one. And you do that 100 times and now you have a model which is much better at picking good images. Um so that's what reinforcement learning with human feedback is. And that's basically what Midjourney has done to make their thing so good. So okay. y- you can also work on that if this becomes a thing. Like you can automatically do that eventually. That's very interesting. Yeah. 
That's very interesting. And then I'm just retraining the model. Oh, how, where would I run this? Because this, this needs infrastructure that has like really beefy GPUs. So I need to, has to run on a GPU. Okay. Yeah. So price that into your, your thing. Uh, yeah. Um, that's, that's why it would cost something like 40 bucks for 12 images or something. Okay. Because you have to run it on a GPU. Interesting. But you can do it in batches. Like, you know, this person's birthday is coming up. And so like, you can run it overnight. Like it doesn't have to be running 24 yeah. seven. Um, you just run, you know, a thousand images, you know, it, it takes, it depends on how you do it, but it takes as little as five seconds an image or, or uh, you can get it down to like two seconds an image, um, or even less, uh, depending on how many input images you want though. Like some of these, some of the ones that do your avatars take like 10 input images and like do, do this thing. That's sort of like retraining a model. It's not quite retraining a model, but it's sort of like it. Um, and that will take longer. Uh, but you only have to do that once per person. So like, say you have 10 images of the person you can, what's called create that you can create this like token, which represents that person by it's kind of like retraining the model, but it's not that you do once. And then every time you generate an image of that person, you just use their special token. And that's, uh, you know, the same as every other image, like two seconds per image. Cool. That sounds like the technique well, uh, yeah. is, would you run this? I have a computer that's just like sitting in a storage unit that has a, a okay GPU. Should I? Is it AMD? Uh, it is. It's your AMD, it is AMD computer, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be NVIDIA. Dang it. Okay. As far as I know. Okay. Does it do NVIDIA graphics cards work with? I'll uh, do it in the cloud to start. What? Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask next. Are there are there just cloud? Yeah. Uh, it's like a dollar an hour. A dollar an hour. Man, I'd want to be like spinning it up and shutting it back down if it costs a dollar an hour. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's why I bought three GPUs. Yeah, <laughs> or I bought two and got one. Interesting. Yeah. What I might do is like buy an NVIDIA GPU from Newegg and then bribe the postal delivery man to damage the package so I get a second one for free. <laughs> I cannot recommend postal, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll give I'll give you the name of my UPS guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh um, boy. And then yeah, just you know, like like it's the the olden days where you're running a server from your house, like have that plugged in and be pulling images off. Like if it's if it's batching overnight, I'm like yeah, you could do that. I, I sure. really want this to be running live where people submit the thing and sure, it's just always on an hour. An hour. Like, it pulls from a queue and just renders the images from that. Yeah, that'd be really fun. I would really enjoy doing that. Oh, tempting. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So we have three projects for you to work on now. And you're going to work on repurpose engine, yes, right? Correct. Yes, sir. Right? <laughs> and then Asia is going to tell you what to do with file inbox tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. And then I can, yeah, I can play around with other stuff instead of playing Polytopia. Sure. I could, I could play around with uh, sure. weird birthdays or with yeah, yeah. the Attaboy thing. Okay. Cool. Thank you. That that has been very clear. Oh, yeah, that's four. That's four projects now. Yeah. Oh, so is Karen. weird birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> the number of projects. That's it's just a number. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. We've gone over. I have to leave in two minutes. We've so, gone over. Uh, great talking. Great talking. See you next week. Goodbye. See you next week. Bye.